We made it. Part four. Audio subscribers. subscribers. Audio listeners. This is part four of the four part. Part four of the four part. Audio look back. Audio 34 is a four part look back. At the first 23 audios, none of which are available in their entirety on any of the podcast streaming sites, but only at patreon.com slash audios. To Patreon subscribers, thank you, Patreon subscribers. Maybe if you think you might want to become a subscriber, you could also become a subscriber. You are only charged per audioed, and there have only been 33 audioids since 2014. So you do the math on that. You can become a subscriber for a dollar, a dollar an audioid, or more should you have more financial energy, or, or more. more, or just don't do it because. Money's weird, and I get it, and especially right now it's weird, and audios will always be, from now on, free and available to all on the podcast streaming station of your choice. Okay, so, and now, and now, the final installment of the four-part, yeah, this bird is stoked about it, the final installment of the four-part Audioed 34 Retrospective. A look back. A look back. A look back. Here we go. I hope you like it. Back in the USA, Michael. Where are you coming from? Six weeks all over Europe. Oh, cool. Three days in Russia. How was that? (laughs) It was intense, man. Yeah, it was intense. I think, um, I think you gotta know the language. Next stop, dropping off John. Yeah, I think you gotta know, it's the only way in. Why do the people in Congress that are supposedly working for us get better health care than the people that live in? There's an underlying, there's a white supremacist stream in the Republican Party. And now they, you're talking. They want to get rid of anything that has Obama. And they keep calling it Obamacare. It's like, there's no such thing as Obamacare. It's like, we repealed Obamacare. It's like, you repealed nothing then. Because it's the Affordable Health Care Act. Nice, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, there right. is no Obamacare. This is just something you guys kept saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Even the newscaster was saying, well, in Obamacare, I'm like, do you realize you're not talking about anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's something... <clears throat> That is something as a white man from the Midwest that I have just no understanding of. I don't know what it's like. Well, it's, it's not really like a, it's not an infringement. It's really, I guess maybe I have a different take because I wasn't like, I was raised in Guam, so I don't have some of that. Oh, you know, like, I don't have the yeah. like, being black in America yeah, yeah, and right. being held down. I don't feel like I'm held down at all. White privilege, I'm like, doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't obstruct what I'm doing in my life. You know, me and my friend, we just produced Interesting. A, we just produced a movie, a feature-length movie on Hollywood quality without Hollywood. 
<laughs> we do, we did something like on the scale of what Dr. Dre did and stuff like that when they started producing. There's really, I mean, a lot of these things that are thrown out in America as problems are just a bunch of words, you know, that don't really affect people's lives if they just focus on really what they want to achieve. You know, so that's how I'm coming. Straight from. up, Michael. Well, that's also like. <laughs> What, what you say, what you just said there, that is the concept, if it's working, of the American dream. Right. You can do that here if you want. It you is. just got to do it. Yeah, and I realized that. I was like, because because of what America is, that it's, it's you, I couldn't, we couldn't do this in any other country, what we did. It wouldn't have been accessible. <laughs> you know, I was like. That's pretty cool, man. That's. So that's a hopeful it. thing to hear after six weeks away, you know. But for the people, for like the white supremacists or the or the people that have the tendency to to want this like this rule, for them, I think it's more of a hindrance to them because then they don't get to participate in the um, in the different aspects in, of other people's culture. Right, like the beauty of the <laughs> diversity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It really hinders them because if you think everything you do is just the best thing and that's the way and then you don't incorporate anything else from the rest of the world, that's why if you really look around at what's going on in America, we're getting we're gonna be left behind as far as being technologically advanced in about ten years. Because the rest of the world is really incorporating some really um, sophisticated ways of doing from the way they educate the people, the way they're getting their power source, you know, and and we're just lacking on that because, you know, because it's all about America's greatness and everything we're built on. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. America was built on a declaration of independence. <laughs> and all this other stuff is bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like... I love your, I love that perspective, man. Yeah, I mean... I love that. Everybody in America, whether they wanted to be here or not, you know, we're all Americans. And for... In the race, and it's like their race thing, which was just an economic tool, you know, has gone crazy and people actually think oh i'm of this race and that race right. no that's exactly. a social it just doesn't economic. matter it just yeah. doesn't matter <laughs> i mean can't we just get over it it doesn't matter yeah but but so what would someone say i mean i don't know what it's like in guam but what would someone say who was born here and does feel like they are a victim of some kind of i don't know yeah. see that's what i can't relate to i was like but i saw it in like other black kids because I've been here since like I was six years old, right? But it's just those. Well, yeah. So why first, didn't why didn't it's you? It's those first five years missing that whatever they got that I didn't never got it. <laughs> you know, I never got that oppression was still in the air. You know, I don't know what was said to them or what they were looking at or whatever. So I don't know, and I don't know why it still exists to them. Interesting. And you know it's funny. It's uh, it's hard being away from home. It's uh, homesickness is a real thing. It really is. The first thing that was the hardest to get used to is the driving on the two-lane roads. Like you're going this way, and they're coming this way, and then there's a a huge truck behind you. 
and a huge truck coming this way, and then the huge truck behind you just goes and round you in front of the huge truck just to pass you. It's a lot of, you guys are really going for it. Don't you? <laughs> I just learned I just stay as far over as possible and I just hang out there. I just let them all go. All right, that's probably why I was a little late. I'm always a little late to all these things because all the cars are like, I'm cool. But this is a song. This is a song is called "When I Make My Home." As a musician, home is an elusive concept. Home for me tonight is here on the island, and then home tomorrow night is going to be in Thailand, and then in Helsinki, and then home is all kinds of different places. And I feel fortunate to have a home. You make me feel at home here tonight, and that's wonderful. And there are so many people on the planet right now who do not have a home, who've been forced out of their home, or have had their home taken from them or destroyed. So I'll dedicate this one to the search for home in all in all forms. Yeah, so in Russia, you go to the Hermitage, which is the old winter palace of the Tsar. Mm -hmm. And it's like the most rich, crazy palace. I can't even describe, like gold. Yeah, just crazy. And you think they built that for him, for his like winter palace. Meanwhile, most of the country at that time was like living in huts. Right. <clears throat> which is why they revolted. Yeah, exactly. Why they sold it. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's funny how rich people can't see your, you know, all your um, decadence in the face of everybody else's poverty is just not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it just baffles their mind. What, what, what's their problem? Yeah, that's true. That's that's great. Because <laughs> I'll be taking care of business every day. Taking care of business every way. bankers who caused the mortgage lending crisis, which stole billions from the American people, not a single one of them has gone to jail. Uh, they're not, not gonna go to jail, one. what you mean? <laughs> they're not gonna go to jail, <laughs> I don't know, man, it's not right. Have That's... you ever seen that guy? No, what's that? You haven't? No. You don't know, use it like that guy. Is it a movie? It's like a little documentary that they do. Oh, cool. And they talk about, like, um, global pricing, the real estate, September 11th. They talk about it all. So check it out. It's called, or listen to one of his, Kanye West talk about it, too. I know, man. We're all talking about it. Yeah, they can't, it can't go like this for much longer. Look at verses 1 and 2 of Romans 13. 
let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore, he who resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. When he talks about authority here, Paul has in mind legitimate government authority that has been vested with the responsibility of ruling over people. Legitimate government. Legitimate nations that have been vested with that right. He's not talking about ISIS here. ISIS is not a legitimate governing authority. He's talking about legitimately appointed authorities. But he's also saying authorities, even if they are crooked and even cruel, are still established by God. And that's hard for us to stomach, isn't it? The government that isn't perfect is still established by God. Remember when Paul wrote these words, remember who the ruler of the world was, the ruler of the Roman Empire. His name was Nero. Nero. The guy who used to use Christians as human candles in his garden. And yet Paul said, even Nero has been established by God. That's why he says in verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. If God has set government in place, then doesn't it stand to reason whoever disobeys government, resists government, is actually disobeying God and will receive condemnation upon themselves. Now, I know this is raising all kinds of questions. Are you saying, Pastor, we should always obey government and never resist? Aren't there any exceptions? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. But notice the general principle here is, first of all, government is appointed by God. Principle number two in verses three and four, government's purpose is to establish order. The reason God puts governing officials in place is to keep order in the world by punishing evildoers and praising those who do well. Look at verses three and four. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it, talking about government, is a minister of God to you for good. That word minister in Greek is the same word we get deacon from. Government is a servant to us for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For government does not bear the sword for nothing. That's a clear reference to capital punishment. Government has the right to take a life. It doesn't wield the sword for nothing. It is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil. I want you to notice in these two verses, verses 3 and 4, three principles Paul gives us about good government. Government that is fulfilling its God-ordained purpose. Number one, good government should not be feared by those who do good. He says that clearly in verse 3. If you do the right thing, you don't need to be afraid of government. That is, most of the time. That's a general principle. As long as you obey the traffic laws, pay your taxes, don't blow up buildings, you're going to be okay. You don't have to fear government if you do what is right. He goes on to say, verse 1, you will have praise for the same if you do what is right. Now, he's not saying government's going to give you the Citizen of the Year award for paying your income tax or stopping at a red light. He's not saying that, but what he's saying is, if you do the right thing, government will leave you alone. You'll be in a good standing with government. And that really 
really ought to be our goal, shouldn't it? To just be in a relationship with government where they will leave us alone. Do I hear an amen on that? Principle number two. Good government Now this happened to me, what didn't happen, it was one time me and my ex, we was together, but we wasn't exes at the time and I was on the north side. Mm -hmm. And me being, north I was side of Chicago. Okay. Okay. And he was coming to pick me up because we was going, usually I catch the train back to downtown or, you know, we meet at the house, whatever we're going to do. But this day in particular, it had to have been about around maybe six, six or seven o'clock. Um, he flashed his lights at me and blow the horn to get my attention, like, hey, here I am. Yeah. And Daniel, he Caucasian, you know what I'm saying? So we, I, he picked me up, I get in the car, we make a U-turn, make a, go down the street, make a laugh, police get dead on us. No shit. Mm-hmm. So they pull us over, and he was like, well, what did you pull me over for? And Daniel thought that, he, that they was getting him for a U-turn. They wasn't getting him for a U-turn, they thought I was a prostitute. Oh my. And so with him oh being an attorney, God. like he told him, she don't have to show you anything. And it was like, oh, okay, well, where did you go for your birthday? Like trying to really fill us out to see if we know each other. And I'm like, well, what is y'all insinuating? You know, what is it? Oh because you see him in a nice car and you see me, are you just insinuating? And you insinuating? want to stoop to that level. You're like, ask me whatever yeah. you want. Like, oh my but God. my whole thing is not actually, you need to just do your job yeah. and don't make those type of insinuations. Okay. Or, of course. you know, you don't put that off on nobody like that. You know, and then too, me, myself, I never dated nobody my age. I've always dated older men. So they just already just. But that's not their business. It's not their business. But honey, they was ready. And Daniel told him, he was like, I dare you to put her in handcuffs and take her to jail. John, man. All right. Shazam. <laughs> Back together again. It's the Von Road Show. It's the Von Road Show. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good to have you here. It's good to. It's good to have you here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, uh, it's good to see you again. It's been a while. You know, it's been a it's been the uh, it's been a little weird. Uh, been a weird stretch yeah you've been uh for me uh i just haven't heard from you in a while you know i applied to the kerrville new folk uh contest this year and i did not get selected and uh yeah man i no it's it's fine but it, it really uh I, yeah it took the wind out of my sails a little bit you know it took the wind out of my sails and uh, yeah, it was such a good hunting year last year up in Whitefish and uh, had a wonderful winter there and you know as it, as it turned into spring here recently I realized I didn't want to be on the road you know I wanted to be uh, I wanted to be on my granddaddy's land and uh, fishing in the river and you know writing songs for me you know but I didn't want to lose touch with the road, and uh, you know, you're one of my favorite, you're one of my favorite guys that I met out there, and uh, I know, you know, you kind of had a hibernation year last year. 2016 was kind of a, kind of a hibernation year for you. You want to talk about that at all? It was. That it was. That was a difficult year for me. Um, I, I was not on the road very much. 
It was really hard to look at social media and see all my friends playing shows and feel like I wasn't out there doing it, you know, and I don't know, it was just a really dark, bizarre world for a little while there. And then I also got swept up in the whole presidential election and watching the news and reading the news right, right, and right. tweeting the news and retweeting the news and... I mean, just subjected to so many Hillary Clinton speeches, you know, it's just, it was a weird year. And now you're kind of, you're coming out of your show, you're kind of, uh, you're met- metam- metamorphosizing, or uh, chrysalis, you know, your pupa, pupa, is kind of a dancing pupa emerging slowly from the chrysalis. I get the feeling that it's a, it's a slow immersion process. Yeah, you know, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I wanted to have this album out at the end of last year, and it just it was not ready. It wasn't going to happen that way. It just took me longer than I wanted it to, and I wanted to get it right, you know? So now it's right. I'm really... I'm really proud of it. In fact, I will now announce to uh, on your show here, Vaughn, the title of the album is North Star. I'm really excited to hear the new album, man. I'm excited to hear North, North Star. Star. Yeah, man. So I'm just going to be chilling, man. I'm just going to be chilling in Montana. I'm going to be doing my podcast up here, working the land, uh, doing some crops this year, you know, some herbal medicinal crops on the grid and off the grid and uh you know i'm gonna i'm thinking about curating a songwriter series up there maybe a a monthly songwriter series there at uh at uh, finnegan's pub they got a little piano there in the corner and a nice little pa and i thought maybe john if you're ever up up that way or any of your friends you know just Give a call, you know. I mean, I got I got a lot of space up at Granddad's Ranch. I'm, I'm going to be building some uh, some tiny houses up there along the river. Uh, some adobe adobe houses, some adobe houses, and there's a studio up there. You know, we're going to get a studio going, and uh, you know, pretty rustic, you know, like pit toilet kind of situation. But we'll, we'll be working on it too. So you're always welcome up there in Whitefish and. Uh, Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the Von Road Show. It's the Von Road Show. Dude, are you into vaping or do you like to vape? I've I vape, dude. That's not kind of a strong question. Me, I vape, man. I'm I vape. I'm all vape all the time. If I, if I could just vape nonstop, like just have a permanent vape, like vessel coming out of my mouth, yeah, yeah. just with like vape. You can, yeah. It's so good. Sometimes and you can, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can augment those to, uh, you take out one of the filters. You gotta charge, you gotta think ahead. Dude, like, that's it. That's, that's like, the real world. You're like, that's like 2017, plan, right? Sometimes your vape is not there when you need it. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. Like, you need to get your vape on and you can't even turn on your vape pen. I usually like to blow a pretty thick cloud of heavy vape. Yeah. Show of hands were troubled by the president's response to the violence in Charlottesville. None of you minded how President Trump responded. 
No. 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 I didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, he addressed the problem. I mean, let's face the reality. There are problems on both sides. Do you think that neo-Nazis and white supremacists are the same as those who are protesting them? I think it's ridiculous to have me choose between Hitler and Stalin, which is what I consider both groups are. And why are the people who turned out to protest Nazis, Not why are they Stalin to you? The Antifa group to me is totally a, a very Stalinish uh, kind of group. How so? If you're, if you're willing to set fires and burn places to the ground, that doesn't sound like a very peaceful group to me. But they didn't, They're both the same evil. They didn't use those tactics in Charlottesville. Marcus. So then I blame the government. Why do you blame the governor or the government for a white supremacist mowing down a crowd of people and killing someone? Because they didn't protect the people that day. The people who were marching with the signs, do you see them as neo-Nazis and white supremacists? I mean, it hasn't been investigated, so we really don't know who was out there. But I'm telling you, I've seen videos of other people who were out there who were not neo-Nazis. You believe that there were very fine people protesting? Yes, I do. How do you know that? I'm only telling you from videos that I've seen. That people but what's the source of your videos? Where are you seeing Facebook. And, and when I tried to repost those videos, they wouldn't allow me. Is it possible they're not credible? Could be. But like I said, they need to investigate and find out exactly what was going on out there. Vice did an investigation of the people who went there with a purpose to march for neo-Nazis. So let me just play a clip. So blood and soil was a Nazi slogan, and you heard them saying Jews will not replace us. Is it possible that very fine people were in that crowd? Not in that crew. Nope. But those very, those, those crazy, I don't know what else to call them. I'm not, I probably can't say it on TV. But they still had the right to say those crazy things. That's the night before the clash happened. The Antifa people, the protesters, they didn't show up Friday night. They showed up Saturday. These protesters showed up the second day. They came there to do battle with them. They showed up with helmets, body armor, clubs. They showed up with balloons filled with urine. Yeah, and, these guys, the and these guys showed up with um, semi-automatic <clears throat> weapons. And that's yeah. state of Virginia, open carry is legal. You can I'm walk just, down the again, street. It seems to me that you're giving these guys a green light. The white no, supremacists. No, 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 green light is not at all. Why do you seem more angry at Antifa than at the neo-Nazis in the world? I'm not more angry. It's equal. The media is not covering it. They're only focused on making neo-Nazis and white supremacists out to be Trump supporters, and they're the issue of the problem. The reality is of what Trump said is there were two sides. There are two parties that participated. He said there was trouble on both sides. Was there not trouble on both sides? Because I saw bats on both sides. And I'm sure you've heard the argument. There was violence on both sides of World War II also. Yes. But we were on the right side. Yes. There's but a right side and a wrong side. No, not so in this case. If there were some people in Antifa, okay. But most of them were students, including Heather Heyer, who was killed. So yes. why so aren't you? She got killed imagine. because they didn't protect her. Who killed her? Um, to, to be honest with you, I don't know because it hasn't been investigated yet. We haven't heard but, but we anything. But know who the suspect is. Listen, I, don't... I don't trust anything that the news media is. Rolling right along. Rolling right along. Any members of the greatest generation here? Show of hands. Probably not. Yeah. They were getting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that is the most ridiculous title to give your own generation. <laughs> what kind of. <laughs> 
What is that perspective? <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. We have three Germans here. You know, I get it. I get it. But uh, in all seriousness, the greatest generation's commitment to the automobile alone disqualifies them from that. They don't get the title. You don't get it. Went an all in on the automobile and we have to live with it. How loud is that? Just next time you're in downtown Bellingham, try to hang out and be peaceful and then listen to the cars. Anyway, this is my new thing that I talk about all the time and people stare back at me. They're like, I love my car. I brought it here. All my clothes and food is in it. What are you talking about? And I get it. I get it. So drive your car, but just drive it slower. Just drive it slower. Just drive it slower. Definitely, definitely drive it less or not at all. But if you must drive it, just drive it slower. Just drive it slower. 25 miles an hour is very fast for a human being to go. It's very fast. And we get the driverless cars, they're just going to dial it in and make you go 25 anyway. You're going to be crazy in there. Wanting to go 80, and Uber's got you programmed at 25. Okay, this is for the greatest generation. I left my grandpa for dead. The ideological media in this country is creating a massive information crisis for the American people. We need to get rid of this type of stuff in our country, neo-Nazism and, and white supremacy. The president out that Antifa, though also ought be called out, just like the violent aspects of Black Lives Matter ought be called out. Sure. Uh, you can call that out, and then, but still also listen to on Black Lives Matter to the grievances of young African-American males in, the, in, in urban cores who feel like they're looked at differently by police. That discussion sure should be had, just like young white men who feel like, hey, I'm treated differently in this country than, than I feel like I should have. I've become a second-class citizen. None of it, they tell me I have white privilege. None of that justifies racial preferences or, or violence at all. But there's always a, a, a grievance underneath it that it's worth talking about. And you should never live in such a politically correct culture that we can't at least have a conversation. There's a reason those people were out there. Some of it is outright racism and needs to be condemned. A lot of it, though, is I feel like my country is slipping away. And just because I talk about nationalism, not white nationalism, doesn't mean I'm talking in code that I'm a racist. Just like young white men who feel like, hey, I'm treated differently in this country than, than I feel like I should have. I've become a second-class citizen. Hey, everybody. Laura Trump here, bringing you the latest on the President's Week from right here at Team Trump headquarters in New York City. This week, racism and criminal acts of hate have dominated the national stage, and President Trump has made himself very clear repeatedly on this subject. Racism is evil, and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. President Trump's heart goes out to the family of Heather Heyer, who tragically lost their loved one at the hands of a murderer in Charlottesville, as well as the families of the two law enforcement officers lost in the helicopter crash on Saturday. The president condemns in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. No matter the color of our skin, we all live under the same laws, we all salute the same great flag, and we are made by the same almighty God. The president said it best, we must love each other, show affection for each other, and unite together in condemnation of hatred, bigotry, and violence. 
we must rediscover the bonds of love and loyalty that bring us together as Americans. While in New Jersey, President Trump held a workforce and apprenticeship discussion. Under this president, we began a historic initiative to expand apprenticeship and workforce training programs in all industries. And now the administration is taking additional steps to expand apprenticeship programs, especially for women and minorities in STEM fields where these groups have been truly underrepresented. President Trump is making veteran health care a priority of his administration and has moved quickly to improve the Department of Veteran Affairs health care system. When President Trump signed the VA Choice and Quality Employment Act, he gave veterans a choice in the health care they receive so they can receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The president said, in just a short time, we've already achieved transformative change at the VA. And believe me, we're just getting started. Vice President Pence traveled to Central and South America to meet with leaders from the government and business community to reaffirm the president's commitment to deepening bilateral trade and investment ties with the region and to build on the good work that has been done to bolster our shared economic and security goals. Vice President Pence made it clear in Colombia, Argentina, Chile, and Panama that America first does not mean America alone. Our interests are aligned, our values are the same, and the birthright of freedom belongs to both of our people. President Trump is taking the first step to ensure we protect American innovation and the intellectual property of American companies. IP theft directly harms the American economy and American workers. Reports suggest that China has greatly benefited from the theft of American IP, in some cases forcing American companies to transfer their innovation to benefit China. President Trump is following through on his promise to the American people to protect their IP so they can benefit from their innovation and continue to make America prosperous. Infrastructure is a priority to the president, and he took action this week to rebuild America by signing an executive order establishing discipline and accountability in the environmental review and permitting process for infrastructure projects. With regulatory red tape to jump through, major infrastructure projects are held up for years at significant costs to our economy. Under President Trump, crumbling infrastructure will be replaced with new roads, bridges, tunnels, airports, and railways gleaming across our beautiful land. Are you planning to be in Arizona next week? President Trump invites you to join him for a rally in Phoenix on Tuesday, August 22nd. Get your tickets today by going to www.donaldjtrump.com. We hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Laura Trump, and that is The Real News. Of the many powers and responsibilities that the Constitution vests in the presidency, few are more consequential than appointing a Supreme Court justice. Think about that fact. The men and women who sit on the Supreme Court are the final arbiters of American law. Think about that fact. They safeguard our rights. They ensure that our system is one of laws and not men. My family and my name. Someone who brings to his work a spirit of decency, modesty, integrity, even-handedness, and excellence. You have replaced advice and consent with search and destroy. You will ultimately bring that same character to bear on the Supreme Court. Think about that fact. 
Today I am nominating Chief Judge Merrick Brian Garland to join the Supreme Court. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Would you say you've been through hell? Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life. For a very long time, I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I did not want to tell my parents that I, at age 15, was in a house without any parents present, drinking beer with boys. I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. She's as much of a victim as you are. Over the years, I told very, very few friends that I had this traumatic experience. I told my husband before we were married that I had experienced a sexual assault. This is hell. I had never told the details to totally anyone, the specific destroyed. details, until Cabinet May 2012 during a couple's Listen counseling session. Listen to the people session. I've had beers with. The reason this came up... You guys doing okay? Everyone all right? Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe it's okay, though. Um, yeah, let's do, we need to do a chorus real quick. Let's do one chorus real quick of that. Let's go. It gets better, but it gets better. We're back with this breaking news story and a major piece of evidence in the case against the suspect charged today. This van, where we now know Caesar Sayak was living. This, this van. It was adorned with stickers and posters supporting President Trump and Vice President Pence and Democratic opponents with targets over their faces. The top is basically support for Mike Pence and Donald Trump, that whole team there. The second line, sort of inexplicably, is mainly about sports, although there's some reference to Trump in there, but it has to do with the boxing match and that sort of thing. But then when you get to the bottom part here, Jake, that's when you start getting into the really sort of nasty stuff. This corner down here, that's where you see the crosshairs on Hillary Clinton. Revenge on behalf of the Clintons. On a picture of Barack Obama on a tricycle, on the filmmaker Michael Moore, on Jill Stein from the Green Party, from our own Van Jones here about CNN. You just can't ignore the politics of all this, even, even if you wanted to. Uh, these are people the president has gone after rhetorically. Uh, these are people this guy targeted. He's a big supporter. It goes to the tone and tenor of the political discourse and the words that the president uses in his rallies and all the rest. Yes, but. And, and, yes, and the but, but is that yes, I, I don't but. think you can draw any particular link or any, any responsibility on the part of the president for this action. The, the rhetorical discourse in this country has devolved over time. And the president says we need to unify. Well, that some of that begins with the rhetoric, does it not? Yes, but well, uh, it would certainly be good. Well, but I think it's separate and apart from the actions of this guy. This van, uh, right? Uh, but when you have this rhetoric, just, the one you finish. worry about. But when you, when you talk like this, the, the but overall, Chris, well, we do know what happened. We no, do I mean, know we don't know if he goes, "Oh, President Trump hates him, so I'm going to go target him." We don't know any of that kind of stuff. But, but what difference does it make, Shell? Well, the fact, the fact is, like the no, it's a, it's a twisted. This is a circus. Circus. It's a twisted individual. 
individual and to hold President Trump responsible. I didn't hold him for responsible. What the, Chris, come well, on but now. Yeah, that's the clear implication. No, of what the implication did is, is not. Now, let's be fair, Chris. I'm the I'm rhetoric. Being, the I, rhetoric. I agree, Shep. Let's be fair. The rhetoric from the podium. Fear that has been The CNN sucks. Spoke. Chance. You, you the just can't ignore chance, the all the rest. It doesn't bring unity. I agree it doesn't bring unity, but it also doesn't bring explosive It also doesn't bring explosive devices. No one said it does, but to, 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 to ignore the elephant in the room is just, you know, it's a fool's folly. I think that it's uh, really incorrect to hold, hold the president, either by implication or directly, responsible in any that, way for the misdeeds of a person who's a psychopath or a sociopath. No one did that, though, Chris, and don't say I did. All I said was, when the rhetoric gets loud, the crazies come out sometime. And that's drawing a cause and an effect that I think okay. is, un uh, that is unrealistic and unfair. Effect. I just said we have an issue. You said, you said when the rhetoric, rhetoric gets loud, the, the crazies come out. That's a cause and effect, Shep, okay. that doesn't exist. Okay, well, you can say it doesn't exist. We'll see what exists here. All this I'm saying is, is that when is from the from the largest microphones, from the highest plateaus, what we're getting is divisive television, television stations suck and lock her up and all the rest. It's new and it seems unhelpful and both sides have said that separate and apart from what just happened here. But that billboard there, the, the rolling billboard, this man. you know, it's it's not nothing. It, it, it's a rolling billboard of... Your words have meaning. Millions of Americans listened carefully to you. Everything is subject to the most partisan of politics. Everything. You sowed the wind. It will provoke an endless cycle of more tit for tat. For decades to come, I fear that the whole country will reap the whirlwind. The reputation of the Supreme Court will inevitably suffer. Revenge on behalf of the Clintons. Faith in our justice system will inevitably suffer. In the United States political system of the early 2000s, what goes around comes around. And our democracy will ultimately suffer as well. History will decide what the rhetoric has done in this in this society. Fear for the future. I'll, I'll stand, I'll wait for history. I'll wait for it too. Fear for the future. Okay. I hope you have a good weekend, Chris. The consequences will be with us for decades. It gets better. It gets better.